Hi, Serena. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Do yes. you feel or how fast do you feel that you bonded with your baby after giving birth? Oh, wow. Honestly, immediately. And but. I know that that isn't true for every mother. Um, I wanted this baby so bad. And even mothers that want their baby so badly, um, I know that that's not always true. But for me personally, it was immediately. I cried. I sobbed uncontrollably because I loved him so much. You, you always cry and sob uncontrollably, though. <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> You're right. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising, Raising Amazing. Dada. <laughs> in all seriousness, I bonded immediately. And that's true. I would hold him and like sob over him. And I, I just never felt so much love that kind of love before and again like I had him three days before I turned 40 so mm -hmm. I, I like feel like I lived enough life to like <laughs> understand that this depth of love was just um I don't know Im immeasurable incomparable so I bonded right away now I do I do remember holding him in the middle of the night looking at him and like he was this like little alien thing you know when he's screaming <laughs> in the middle of the night and you don't know how to like they're little alien things for sure, especially right, at the beginning. You're like, what? What is this? Like, yeah, their <laughs> eyes are like all like they're like cat eyes, and you mm -hmm. know, they're all like glowing. Um, and I do remember feeling like, I oh, I don't know who you are yet. Like, I don't know your personality. I remember feeling that, like, who are you? But um, but I bonded immediately. Which what which was... is it's not that's not the case for everyone. I I think for yeah. Sarah, you know, she did, and and I definitely felt like. You know, to some degree I did, but I think it's different for, for moms than it is for the, the partners if you you know, you just went through the birth and then they're on your mm -hmm. stomach and they're feeding. It's a little different than, than the other partner, but I still think there's a bonding process that obviously that goes along with, with you know, each parent uh, as you hold the baby for the first time. But but it's really important to discuss and remind people that that is not true of everybody everybody has different emotions and different feelings and you don't necessarily you know quote unquote bond with your baby right away and you don't necessarily fall in love with your baby right away you may uh, but I think it's important to, to discuss about bonding and attachment because these aren't necessarily things that just happen and sometimes uh, when this doesn't happen then that leads parents to feel inadequate or there's something wrong with them or you know they're never going to love their baby or what's wrong with them or what's wrong with their baby and that's not necessarily true a lot of uh, parents go through this especially if you go through a significant trauma at birth where maybe the baby's taken away from the parents and they have to go into the icu or, or something along those lines it can really affect that attachment and bonding period because it, you know obviously that's not the natural way that that we would want to have our first few hours go so even if it, it is everything you know perfectly normal in terms of the, the birth, then it, it's still very common for parents to feel you know, like it's a very foreign thing and their hormone, you know, your hormones are all over the place. As a mom, you just gave birth and there's pain and, and all sorts of other things that are going on in your body as well all at the same time. So you do need to go into it with a reasonable expectation that you may not just 
uh, be blissfully in love with your baby in those first you know 45 seconds and, that, and that's fine and that's okay and it will you know for the most part grow over time um, but if it you're not getting those feelings and that is one of the the big triggers I think you know and I've seen for the beginnings of postpartum blues and postpartum depression because you're just not getting those those feelings that you feel like you're supposed to be feeling one of my very best friends <clears throat> She's not going to listen to this podcast, so I can tell her story. <laughs> um, um, one of my very best friends, um, who's an, an amazing human and, ama- and an amazing mother, um, she, we just recently had this conversation. She, she took her baby home, and she was like, I don't feel it. I don't want to nurse him. I don't feel a, a, a connection. I don't feel an attachment I don't want him sleeping in the room next to me like the, the sounds of his him making the middle of the night like weird me like I just need him he, he I think he was in his own room it just you know days old and uh, with a monitor and all those things of course and now and then she had her second baby and now she knows after she had a second baby oh wow that was postpartum depression that was postpartum anxiety that those were my hormones um, because she felt all the things, she, the, the experiences were different. And uh, she didn't even realize that what she was going through was postpartum. And I didn't at the time either as her friend because I didn't have kids yet. Um, and, um, and so she still has like a lot of mom guilt for it. And her son's amazing and he's like 10 now, right? And, and um, she, but she still thinks about the fact that like she didn't, feel that way in the beginning and now she just like obviously loves her Mm -hmm. children to pieces like every other parent but it's it's real and and people don't um talk about it you know and um that's uh, why we're talking about it that's why we're talking about it that's why yeah that's why we're doing this and um i have a line in cabin fever trauma bonds people and Mm -hmm. it does Mm -hmm. definitely trauma bonds um and we have a relationship marriage and family counselor um, expert on uh, to talk mm-hmm. about postpartum depression. And she wrote a book called Trauma Bonds. Um, it's Nadine, Dr. Nadine Macaluso, who is the real live wife of the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, Margot <laughs> Robbie played her in that movie. She's extraordinary and she has so much to say about attachment and and the, how those first moments and right days and weeks and stuff when we, we first bring that, that baby home, um, how important that is for bonding. So last week we had a, a great conversation with Kim Caldwell about postpartum depression and we're continuing it now this week and talking with Dr. Nay. Let's get right into it. We are so excited today to have Dr. Nadine Macaluso, Dr. Nay. She is a psychologist, licensed marriage and family therapist, and ex-wife to the infamous Wolf of Wall Street. She has a PhD in psychology with an emphasis on somatic psychotherapy and owns a private practice in California and New York. Um, welcome, Nadine. I follow you on Instagram, and you have done so much to help people um, with their mental health through this pandemic. So we are so excited for you to be here today. Oh, and I'm so excited to be here. As you know, mental health and helping people through their challenges with mental health is my lifelong passion. 
So thank you for appreciating my work. It's a labor of love. <laughs> we love, we love, uh, we're so excited to chat about you and we love everything that you do. And, you know, we want to talk a lot about mental health, but really would love to focus today more on postpartum, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety and postpartum blues. We know this is always an issue for parents, but it's certainly something that's become more you know, hyper-focused as we've increased with our isolation and our fears with everything around the virus. So do you feel from what you're seeing that the, the postpartum depression, postpartum blues has been exaggerated during this time or, or what are you seeing? Oh, yes, completely. I mean, usually the statistics will show that about 20% of women have PPD or postpartum depression, which I think it's more than that in general. I just don't think a lot of women report. And now the research shows that I think it's about 36 to 40% of women are having depression and anxiety during COVID-19. Yeah, and I, and I feel like I'm seeing it more in my practice as well. And we're certainly discussing it more frequently with parents. I'm trying to be, you know, we're always try to, to mention it. We always make sure that we, we check in on the new moms and the new dads and make sure that they're doing okay. But it's certainly, I've heard a lot more from parents that are more open about, you know, they're, they're, they're having struggles and they're concerned and they're, they're isolated and they're not having family around. So I think that's become just a bigger and bigger issue as the pandemic has gone on because we really need that village and we're not, we're not getting it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, listen, everybody, seven and a half billion people on the planet are fearing COVID-19. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, we can't see it. And yet it's so threatening. So then imagine having this beautiful bundle of joy that you just want to love and protect. And that's scary enough when there's not this threat. And now there's this threat surrounding you. So, of course, you're going to feel like that. Absolutely. You know, when I had Nico, um, I didn't feel like I had depression, but I had the, the postpartum anxiety. I know I've talked about this before. Um, like, you know, this, these like massive fears that something bad is going to happen to him, that he's going to die, that, you know, um, and like outrageous fears, like he's going to fly off my balcony or just things that aren't even real. And I didn't even realize that was postpartum anxiety. I just thought I was crazy. <laughs> and oh. I think that this is like a, 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 a thing with, with women and new mothers. Like, I don't think that you even, like you, like you started, like women don't even realize they're going through it, but you're going through it. And then it's intensified with this pandemic and this, like you said, this invisible deadly virus that could potentially get you or your baby. Yeah. And I mean, we know, let's say we're not in the pandemic. As soon as you deliver that baby and the placenta, your estrogen and progesterone plummets. So those four weeks, biologically, you, hormonally, you're going to feel off because those um, hormones affect serotonin and dopamine, which are our feel-good hormones. So just with that alone, you're going to feel that and I think there's a stigma around talking about it. I should be a better mother. It's not really that bad. I don't, I want to save my face. And also giving birth. I mean, it was a long time ago for me, but I still remember it. And that in of itself, as beautiful as it is, your body just totally goes through a trauma. It's a traumatic experience. Yes. 
Yes. So do you remember what you what you were feeling around the time when, when you gave birth and, and were you did you talk about it with anybody at all and, and, and if you didn't then and, and why didn't you or what was what was stopping you from speaking with people or, or what was your experience with this? Yeah, I remember feeling completely overwhelmed and um, just out of my element and and really I think a lot of thing one one real issue was I was a young mother. I was 25. And I remember feeling insecure about my ability to be a mother. And, you know, unlike I was lucky in the sense that, you know, my mother and family could be around so I could express these fears to them that, can I do this? Wait, what do I do? And so I had support. And I think the hard thing with COVID-19 is you, you, you can talk to people, of course, and you can do FaceTime, but there's nothing like somebody in front of you telling you, I remember my father saying, it's going to be okay, Nadine. Such a simple statement. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, I feel like even for, for me, you know, from, from my perspective, it's such a new world that you're, you're going into and, and everybody thinks that, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be easy. I read the books. I, I, I should be able to do this. It should, there should be no problem breastfeeding, but, but all these things take work and they take time and and there are some parts of it that are natural but there is certainly a learning process that comes along with it and, and i and i think that we just don't talk about the struggles enough the reality is most people if not all new parents are struggling to some degree and the more that we talk about it the more that we can help each other the more that we can realize that we're we're not in this we're not we're not alone we're in this together yeah and i'm glad you brought up that word because like you, when you have a child you, there's a new normal now we have a double new normal with COVID that exacerbates that. And I'm always fascinated that we spend eight hours a day going to school, learning, reading, writing, arithmetic. We spend no time teaching our children, who then become adults who have children, about social and emotional intelligence, relationships. And they're really hard things. They must be learned too, and I agree with you. We need knowledge, and that's why I'm happy to do something like this, a podcast like this, to share that knowledge. Going off of what you just said, yes, um, relationships. Like there is no, you know, we're all just like like messing up along the way here. But the hormones are real. The hormones are are intense, um, of course. And um, anyway, you specialize in trauma and couples therapy and what can like i know when i was going through what i was going through mike didn't really know how to help me because i didn't know how to even express what i was feeling because i couldn't articulate words because you're so tired what can mothers do to help themselves through postpartum anxiety and depression but also for the husbands and fathers listening what what can they do to support their partners or just even general this 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 advice i know it doesn't even have to be <laughs> postpartum like couples need help just getting through it now during COVID. Yeah, if not, they end up with my wife, and, and that's not where you want to be. She's she's a divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah. So so yeah, and my expertise is in attachment, and so that's what's happening between a mother and a baby, and there are a few ways that that happens through the mother's tone of voice. Right? Why do we all talk to babies like hey 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 hey? because they like that tone of voice, the gaze and touch. And a depressed mother doesn't have as much energy. She doesn't have as much um, 
motivation, internal motivation. And so it can be really hard to attend to all of those things. And what the research has shown is that touch is probably the most important out of those three elements for attachment. And what I've suggested to couples is if the dad can do the skin to skin with the baby, that takes some of the pressure off the mom. That's beautiful. Yes. And it's and if you you think about a baby, they learn everything through their hands. Everything's tactile. So touch is so important. And listen, you're sleep deprived, you're healing from the birth. There's so much going on that you know, if you can express that to your partner in a way that he can hear you, hopefully he'll pitch in or she'll pitch in or they'll pitch in, whoever that partner is. Yeah. And, and do you feel like the, the pandemic has affected that attachment to some degree? Because, you know, to me, I'm just thinking about this based on the way that you're describing it. And it's, it's almost obvious to me that that's one of the main reasons why we are seeing an increase in, in depression and anxiety because, you know, moms, dads, parents are scared to be sometimes close to their baby there I get questioned all the time like can I kiss my baby can I be around my baby maybe both parents can't even be in the hospital together I think there's this this increased fear about passing something on to the baby which I would imagine affects the attachment and the bonding in the first few days sure and you know I I mean I'm, a, I'm lucky in that I I'm a grandmother and so my stepdaughter gave birth last March a year ago and Interesting, though, on, on the contrary, is that it was the, her husband, herself, and the baby in the middle, and they never left the couch for six months. And I said, that baby is going to have the most secure attachment because there were no distractions. But yes, of course, the fear can really get in the way. And if couples disagree about how to have in-laws around. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I've had to do a lot of work with that. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation on that? Because that is a question I get most of the time with new parents about when can grandma and grandpa come? Do you, do Are we feeling comfortable with them being around? Uh, how old should it be? Can they quarantine for a few days and then come? You know, I get all these questions from most parents. So what, what's your perspective? So, I mean, I remember uh, my, I really say to people, this is where you have to go to your doctor. This is where science matters. It's not necessarily about what you want or what your husband wants. This is, listen to the doctor, tell everybody this is what the doctor says, because that gets you out of being in trouble with your parents <laughs> or in-laws. Yep. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know, hopefully. And that's what I've said. And, and whenever I work with couples, I always say to them, I want you to get into your partner's mind, see it through their glasses without taking it personal and defensive, if you can. But under extreme times of stress such as this, it's more challenging. That's why reaching out to the resource of therapy works because we do need support. Um, Dr. Gator, this is why you're getting so many questions is because all the therapists are saying, go ask your pediatrician. <laughs> so everybody's coming to you. Oh, we don't have any other doctor to send them to, so we have to uh, we have to come up with a good answer for for these things for sure. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I think that okay. First of all, there is no one answer to this question. I think every doctor is going to have a little bit different perspective. Every 
um, part of the country, every part of the world is going to have a little bit of a different answer because you have to look at what are your local rules, what are your you know state or province or country rules, what are the numbers at that time. But really at the end of the day, for the most part, it comes down to your comfort level. Right? Everything in the world has risk. And unless you go to the mountains on your own around zero other people, you're going to have some risk of getting sick um, or your baby getting sick. And so you have to decide where your comfort level is. But grandparents have always been around their grandkids. They've always been around for, for new babies and, and you know, kids were born in villages and all these things. And there are is a risk to getting sick. There was a risk from the flu. There's a risk from thousands of diseases out there, right? So that's never been something that wasn't an issue. Now it's just this is a new uh, you know, a new pandemic, a new virus, something that we haven't had to deal with before, but it's not that different from any other disease. And so, you, you know, in terms of there's a risk to, to kids. So you have to decide for yourself, what is your risk tolerance and are you comfortable with it? Some people don't care that much and they're like, I don't care what my grandparents are around. That's totally fine. Other people are, you know, very hardcore about it. And they say, I don't want anybody around my kid for several months and, and that's okay too. But there is no one answer. You have to discuss with your partner just like you know you guys we were talking about and and just come to a decision and you can always change your mind as, as things change but there is no one right answer and the reality is especially with the pandemic most of the risk is on the grandparents not on on the baby and so there is a small risk for the baby but it's usually you know having a discussion with them because they're the ones that are having a lot of the risk um based on the statistics right now yeah that's true that is true yep and everybody has a different decision on that um, I'm really interested in this attachment. I don't know anything about this and I want to know oh, a little okay. bit about it. I feel like I'm, I'm curious. I feel one of the most beautiful things in the silver lining about the pandemic for me and Mike is that we have been literally home in our little tree house for over a year now. Um, and um, just the three of us and we are all like super bonded and I feel like our son is getting so much extra love and attention than uh, maybe he would have been getting if we were on a plane, you know, every single month, like we were the first year of his life. You're right. You're right. So that's so what I guess what I said resonated with you in that. So in the 1950s, John Bowlby, he's the father, he's, he's, he's um, an expert in, uh, an expert psychiatrist who discovered the theory of attachment and basically it's about how the mother initially and the baby interact and connect. And that creates whether the baby will have a secure attachment, meaning that the baby feels safe, the baby feels that the mother is there to take care of them and attend to them. And then that interaction shapes how they relate to others through the rest of their lives. And some people get insecure attachment. And that's not because somebody's a bad mother. It's just that maybe they haven't been taught that. They don't have the resources. Maybe they had a bad pregnancy and had to stay in the hospital so they couldn't bond with the baby. But it's exactly what you said, Serena. It's all about the bonding and the contact that the mother and father, but initially the mother has with the infant. Because think about it. How many times do you change a baby, burp a baby, <laughs> feed a baby, Put a baby down, right? I'm still nursing my baby. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's constant. And every time you do that, you're imprinting on the baby's brain, heart, and nervous system. And you're wiring it. And you're regulating the baby's emotion. Yes. You are the out, external emotional regulator. 
I feel and, like and I feel, yeah, and I feel bad, you know, even though I'm a mother. But like Freud said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> that wasn't really fair. Because being a mother, I have the two most beautiful children and three stepchildren is the most wonderful job. And it is the hardest job to be a parent. It just is. It's not easy. I say it's my favorite role that I've ever played now. You know, it's, it is, it, <laughs> yeah. and I know that it will continue to be, um, and I'm a new mom, so I'm learning, which is why. I'm yeah. And this. I want to, I want to say something for the moms to take some pressure off of them. The research shows you only have to attune to your child, mean connect with them in a way that kind of matches each other 30% of the time. I like that. Right. It gives us some grace, I think. Yes, absolutely. We end some space to mess up and then come back and plug in for 30% of the time. Yeah. That's right. I love that. That's right. You only have to be a good enough mother. <laughs> no such thing as perfect. Don't even strive for it. It'll backfire. Been there, done that probably a few times. I want to talk about, we want to talk about your life a little bit. I love everything about you and your work, um, but you've been through it. You have lived a fascinating life that came with a lot of trauma and pain, yet you've come out the other side and are transforming lives. And I think that's what it's all about, you know, turning our, our pain into power to help others. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. If um, For any of you listeners that have seen uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, um, Nadine Macaluso was played by the beautiful uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> um, so, um, but this is a real story. So, tell us a little bit about your your trauma and how you got to do what you're doing now. who was obsessed with Freud and Jung <laughs> and reading a lot of psychological journals. So she implanted that seed of psychology into me, and I was then I was living in Brooklyn, and then became a model. Um, I think in the '80s. Yeah, it was a long time ago because I had needed money. That was really the reason why, because I grew up with not much money, but good enough. And, and I met my ex-husband, Jordan, uh, AKA the wolf at 22. Wow. And it was fast and furious. And he swept me off my feet and love bombed me. And a year later we were married. Wow. And I had no idea what I'd gotten myself into. And um, we have a, a question that's related from Danny. He was curious if, if um, as the ex-wife of the Wolf of Wall Street, do you have any stock or financial advice that you learned during your marriage that has stuck with you? Um, <laughs> oh, like Danny. <laughs> I always say to my current husband, please don't buy stock because if you're not on the inside, you're on the outside. That's great advice. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I met my ex-husband, and uh, I was young and naive, and uh, yeah, I, I had avoidant attachment, which I hopefully gained secure attachment, meaning that I really denied my needs and was very self-reliant, probably growing up as a latchkey child, and so he was kind of, I guess, a great match for me because he had a lot of needs, <laughs> he needed a lot of attention. And so it was, um, we, were, we fell in love. And then unfortunately, he has some mental health challenges that I think he used non-prescription drugs to treat. And that comprised with the guilt of what he was doing, had him 
really spin out of control in a very traumatic way. And you were a young mother. Yeah, I was 25 when I gave birth to my beautiful daughter, Chandler, who's now also a therapist. Wow. And um, yeah, my son came, Carter, at 27, when I was 27. And yeah, and actually one of the reasons why I chose to divorce Jordan, I mean, there were many, but one of the main ones was that (laughs) he was so much, I knew I couldn't attend to my children. And I needed to attend to them. That was a big piece of my decision making, yeah. But we're friendly now. We're very friendly now. Yeah, the mom. I mean, making. I, I feel like that's what that's what our job is. Is the moment you become a mother is that you have to make your choices for your child. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I mean, you know, you have to like. I love what I always say this to the mothers that I work with. The airplane stewardesses have it right. Put the oxygen mask on yourself. <laughs> So you can attend to your child. So, and I was in therapy the whole time during my marriage to him. And I think that saved me and hence why I became a therapist. Yes. I would imagine that that's what I was going to ask you was the, all of the trauma and pain you experienced and that, that, that sort of led you to your career and your path of helping other people. Yes, it did. Because I don't know if I would be alive, honestly, if it wasn't for therapy. It helped me manage that time with him. And then I continued, you know, actually I've been in therapy. I think this is the first time I'm not in therapy, which is very strange. But yeah, um, that I was so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like held together, almost like Humpty Dumpty by my therapist (laughs) through that time. And so I was forever grateful. And I just said, wow, therapy works. And I want to leave that legacy and I want to be of service. And it doesn't even feel like a job. I um, I love that. I also left a um, marriage to a, a very challenging man. And I couldn't have done it without therapy and without my therapist. I couldn't I couldn't do it alone. Um, and so I, I do feel like I owe it all to her <laughs> for helping me navigate through that and navigate out of it. It's very painful. It's very confusing. But there is a but there is a roadmap out, Absolutely. and and we can't do it alone. I think that's a really important point because we can't build resilience by ourselves, isolated, and that goes back to COVID, why it's so hard. And for all the mamas listening, whether you're experiencing postpartum or even if you're not a mother, it, you know this is therapists are doing Zoom <laughs> sessions, so you can still we can still get help during this time and even even more so we need it like you said when we're isolated so in my practice i'm definitely seeing with the the therapists that i speak to they're letting me know that that they're working more than they've ever worked before telemedicine is fantastic and and a a lot of um parents kids teens are are very nervous about going into a therapist's office often for the first time but it, it could be a good bridge in you know to set up a telemedicine visit meet meet the therapist, find a therapist that you love and get started with that. And you can always go in later if you want to, or just do telemedicine. But, you know, that's a nice thing about the pandemic is that we've really utilized uh, more telemedicine, which can be very, very helpful. Yes. I love, I love that you say that because we have to find some silver linings in all of this trauma. And that is a huge one. And a lot of times people don't go to therapy because it's expensive. And I understand that, but I always say this, I had to do 3,000 hours at $5 an hour to become licensed, as I'm sure you know, doctor, right? 
And so there are interns in your state that you can find to, and they do great work. So don't, don't be afraid to find them and reach out wherever you are. Because when you're a therapist, you just want to help. And if they're not a good match, you try another one. But I think telehealth has changed our world in a good way. Yeah, and I, and I see all the time online therapists posting about sliding scales and working with people and you know some take insurance, some don't. But, but many, many, many therapists will work with you within your budget you know, especially if you, you know, you really, really need it, that people are there to help other people. If you go into therapy, you're there to help people. So they'll, they'll, you'll find a good therapist that will help you with whatever your budget is. For sure. For sure. And if you're committed to do the work, it's usually just an honor to work with people. And therapists do have rooms for sliding scales and a lot take insurance. Look in your insurance network too. Yeah. So you said silver lining. And that is what we are about here at Raising Amazing. We believe that no matter what is going on in the world or in your day, we can always find one thing that's amazing. So Nadine, you are beautiful and we're so grateful for your time here. Tell us, um, you have lived an amazing life and you are doing amazing work, but what has been the most amazing part of your pandemic and your, or your 2020? I think the most amazing part was, uh, of course, my grandson being born and my husband and I driving across the country in an RV to go meet him. I love that. How special. Oh, yeah. And seeing that face for the first time. And my husband was like, wait, you you think we're going to do that? I'm like, oh, no, we're doing that. And we did it. I love it. Yeah. So there are solutions. And, and if people want to find out more about you, where can they, where can they find you? Oh, they can, uh, my website, NadineMacaluso.com. Just following you, I'm, I always, I feel uplifted. So thank you for all of your Aww. beautiful yep. posts. Thank you so much, Serena, for thank having you, me Nadine. on. It's so nice thank to meet you. you, doctor. Take care. Stay healthy, everybody. Bye. Hi, this is Dr. Nay. Be sure to check out my book, Trauma Bond Free, where I talk about my pathological marriage to the infamous Wolf of Wall Street. Right in the book, I teach you how to recognize it, recover, and break free from a trauma bond. Go to NadineMacaluso.com or Dr. Nadine Macaluso on Instagram. See you there. Trauma Bond Free. So, I don't know if you caught this, Dr. Gator, but during that interview when she was talking about leaving um, Jordan, the Wolf of Wall Street when she was mm-hmm. talking about how, how hard it was for her to leave and she was you know explaining that experience I I got like choked up like it 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 struck a chord with me it reminded me of uh, how I felt and how stuck I felt and lost I felt in my um, last marriage to my my ex-husband so I feel like I um, I tried to cover, but if you could, if everybody could see what's going on, but you can't see because it's a podcast, I was definitely like choking back tears there. Um, anyway, she's amazing and she's come so far and I, I the, all the trauma that she went through and it's just incredible. I feel like, um, I said this in the interview, but when you, you turn pain into power to help other people. And, and that's, that's all about. Right. And that's one of the most important things about, I think, going through any trauma is turning it into something 
positive on the other end, you know, that's, that's the best thing that we can do to help ourselves and help other people. Um, and, and, and again, you know, just going back to what we were talking about before the episode and, and bonding and, you know, the way that you're supposed to feel. There's no way that you're supposed to feel. You know, some parents do feel bliss right from that first second and others don't. And some people love their kids from the first second and others don't. And sometimes it takes a little longer and sometimes there are circumstances that occur in the first week or first couple of weeks that, that really affect your emotions and the parents' emotions. And, and the important thing to remember is that everyone's experience is different and there's so many people around you um, that can support you and, and to reach out and get that support if you feel like you need it. And, and as a, you know, as a partner, if you notice that your, your partner is, or does seem like they're having difficulty, then, then ask them directly, talk to them about it, get them help if you feel like they need it, because it is just so common to have you know, postpartum blues and, and, and depression. And, and so we just always want to be on the lookout to be supportive because, you know, for the most part, the hormones do go back to normal and, and things do normalize over some time but there there but is that still like it's still <laughs> i don't mean to cut you off but like, i'm still nursing my two and a half year old um <clears throat> happy world breastfeeding week <laughs> yeah. um and my hormones are still not back to normal and i know that like i know myself well enough to know that like i don't feel the same as i did before and it's mm-hmm. um, and, and you're not but, supposed to right you're not really right. you're never you're never going to go back to the way that you were um right. But I, I, I can speak from a pediatrician perspective for a second and just say that, you know, for the most part, most people get back to pretty close to where they were before, especially mentally, not always, but the hormone surges around birth in that first week when you're extremely tired and had no sleep and just had a new baby and month. are freaked out and, and yeah, month, <laughs> year, whatever. But I, I would say just from my, from my perspective, usually by the two-week mark, most people are a little a little bit more back to you know the way that i saw them before uh you know obviously <laughs> not not that they're not hormonally not hormonally they're back to them but they're more like, things are more calm I, I think that first week is really obviously crazy oh, you know <laughs> it, it, it's, it's crazy the, and the second yeah, week is, is is a little better usually and then a month later is a little better and it takes months and months you know usually it takes like a year and a half i would say to really get back to okay. like yeah. baseline but but i'm just saying in terms of the extreme highs and lows the first week is usually the toughest and then it does you know seem to improve for most people after that that beginning so don't assume that you're gonna just feel everything you feel like you're gonna feel in that first couple of days because no, it sometimes it, it takes a little bit <laughs> yeah i was crazy i remember one night i didn't sleep at all i slept zero nothing not mm-hmm. a, not a, even a tiny bit because the baby was up he was up and down all night and i was struggling to nurse and all of this and mike was sleeping like a baby right next to me <laughs> like a baby that, that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense right but he was sleeping like a baby right next to me and um, he was sleeping like an older baby like an older baby he was sleeping like <laughs> not a, like a, a newborn man. he was <laughs> anyway um and then it was like morning time and he got up and like started making coffee and like turned on the news and i was like what are you doing like <laughs> i haven't slept even a minute you know and and um, I was like, I don't want to smell coffee. I can't hear the news. You take the baby. And anyway, when we were talking in the episode about, like, you have to also, like, t- help your partner help you. Like, I just figuring that out. Like, I had never been through that before. Like, I didn't know. He didn't know either not to do that. Not that you can't make coffee. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but you're not going to think about like, those Like, I remember things. those crazy hormone in the first few days and weeks surges. It's it's nuts. And, and it, anyway, it, and it affects every person differently. And some have serious postpartum depression. And like we said, now it's, now it's um, exaggerated with the fear of this pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely. When but you're feeling extra isolated and the fear of people getting sick and sick people coming around your baby, all of those just adds to the drama. It does. So in conclusion, reach out to your partner, reach, <laughs> reach out to somebody, you know, if reach you're having doctors. feelings, doctors, therapists, wh- whatever, when, somebody. And when we <laughs> talked to Dr. Nay, there's so many people, she had such great advice for, um, you know, there's so many new therapists, right. That need that you can get therapy for like $5 an hour because they need their hours and um so really it doesn't matter how much money you make like you you can get help you just need to you need to tell people that you need it and search for it mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be you know not the easiest to find help everywhere so it's sometimes you got to get the help to find the help or, or just put in a, the effort to, to look for it because right. you know it can be harder depending on where you are located what country you know things like that True. and different resources everywhere but the internet is a good thing these days to help find you know resources and even do things by telemedicine if, right. if you can't get to somewhere um you know urgently exactly. all right well we're gonna keep raising in the barn ourselves so we <laughs> keep raising these amazing children Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on... Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.